What does the future of photography look like? Hi and welcome to episode 140 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish. Okay, more like less than 27-ish minutes, but still without the relevant details. More on that later, sorry. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. Okay, well, there was a little bit of research in this one, just a little bit, though. So in this episode, what does the future of photography look like? Now, I've touched on this in a previous episode or two, and I've lots more to say on this, and a few thoughts from the last episode, which was changes to my podcast and how do we get started in photography today. First, here is the answery bit. The future of photography is very bright. The demand for images is higher now than it ever has been as has the number of photos being taken and shared. Photography has opened up to a global consumer market with advances in technology in phones and also in cameras, let's not forget. How photos are taken, though, has changed, as has how people get into photography these days. The challenge is to develop an interest in photography that goes beyond basic phone photography. The future of photography also has to cater for the constant need for immediacy. Higher quality, quicker, or even higher quality immediately. Blimey, let's dive in to this little lot. And this isn't a definitive list of future technologies. This is just my take on the future of photography as I see it, OK? Right, here's the talky bit. Let's start with cameras. While the future of photography is secure, I'm, I'm not so sure that it is for cameras, and certainly not as we know them now. Cameras need to evolve to continue to give higher image quality, but with the immediateness of phones. Now, I said that a few episodes ago, and it still remains, obviously. I mean, cameras, though, they've got, they got much larger sensors than phones, and they have the ability to capture higher quality images than phones do. Now, I'm using my words carefully. They have the ability to capture higher quality images than phones do. doesn't mean that they will. It depends on how you're taking the photos and what of. And for me, there's so much more that I get from a camera than I do with my phone. Well, pho- <laughs> photography-wise, that is. Ah, sure, I can't make calls from a camera, but my camera's my go-to thing for taking photos, and it's not my phone. Tacking cameras evolves. I mean, take the new Canon mirrorless cameras, which give you eight stops of in-body image stabilisation. Now, I remember Canon bringing a lens out that had four stops of image stabilisation, and that was groundbreaking at the time, and I I do have that lens. It's a 70-200 f4 LIS, but you can get eight stops in a camera body. You can't get that with a phone. I know there's other technologies available, but eight stops, it's absolutely remarkable. Now, if you're not sure what I mean by eight stops, just, just do shutter speeds and go from, I don't know, a thousandth of a second and go down eight stops and see where it takes you. It's a phenomenal range. And there are so many other examples, and I'm not that up to speed on these because my Canon 6D is from, well, it's, it's from the last decade, isn't it? I mean, there's so many technological advances in cameras that I'm going to do an episode all about it, tech in cameras and how it helps us. Work to do there, Rick. Oh, dear me. <laughs> It'll get me up to date, though. And it'll probably make me want to buy a new camera. That's just how these things go, though. Now, the problem is people who get into photography with the phones. Well, well, they're not a problem. I don't mean that. But if you haven't listened to it yet, pop back to episode 139 for more on this and you'll understand what I'm saying. But the question is this. How do we get people who only use the phones to take photos to develop as photographers when, when all they've known is the phone? Minor digression there, but it's, it's wholly relevant to what I'm talking about. So going back to cameras, 
There's one thing that cameras have that phones don't, and they probably never will have. Not with the phone manufacturer's obsession with sleek, shiny, rounded devices. Which I hate, by the way. Ergonomics, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, ergonomics. And that's not a word I use about my phone, which I have to put in a case or I'll drop it. Drop it even. Now, a camera was designed to take photos. Of course it was. But a camera was designed for a human to hold and for a human to take photos with. My Canon 6D, it fits in my hand so naturally and instinctively and all the controls are where I want them. My phone, though, is as ergonomically well thought out as a slippery eel. And I mean this, and I've got an iPhone XS, just so we're clear. The obsession with how my phone looks, it completely ignores the fact I have to hold it to use it. I hate taking photos with my iPhone. It's a flat, smooth, rounded thing. I really do hate it when I compare it to taking photos with my camera. Now, I've tried using my phone without a case on it, and I've only done it in the house because within, well, within the first five times of picking it up, I've dropped it, and it... And that's why I can't I can't use it out of the house without a case on it. And I hate that. I can wander around with my Canon 6D in one hand. I can lift it to my eye, press the shutter, take a photo, done, and it all works. iPhone, horrible. Much more on this in episode 141, where I talk about the future of photography and does it include cameras. Lenses, well, lenses are very important, of course. And lenses can and do set cameras apart from phones. They take you above and beyond phones. Bit unfair, really, if you think about it, though, isn't it? If you look at the physical constraints that a phone's got compared to a camera. I know I'm not comparing like with like here. I completely get that. But what what do I care about? I care about the photos I take. So with lenses, what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about image quality, focal length, aperture, focus, depth of field. Filters that you put on them. Filters that you put on lenses. I know you can get them for phones, but I haven't tried that yet. It's too small and fiddly. See, these are the things that we photographers have to think about that someone taking photos with a phone does not. And this is why there will always be a demand for cameras and for lenses. It's just how much demand and from who. As to the future lenses, I'm I'm not sure how far technology can go because optics are constrained by physical laws. I mean, light is light after all. Lenses are, of course, though, integral to photography and for me, always will be. It's harder to get better image quality from better optics. I'm sure that Every new lens is better than the last one, but is it a significant improvement? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe that's something else that I should do in a future episode. Hmm. That one sounds a bit tricky, to be honest with you. Right, phones. Moving straight from cameras to phones. Well, <laughs> yeah, phones are the future, aren't they? The advances in tech in phones is amazing, and their global popularity has changed things, not only in photography, but in so many other ways, of course. Now, I think we all know that phones are going to be even more significant in the future due to the mass appeal and the constant investment in technology. We all know that. Cameras on phones are amazing and you can take amazing photos with a phone, which, considering it's a phone, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? But, (laughs) just hit the microphone. But there is the elephant in the phone room. (laughs) I like that. Elephant in the phone room. Ergonomics, I've talked about them. Or, in the case of my phone, the complete lack of them. That slippery eel. Other gear. If you have a camera, there's gear that you use. If you just have a phone, you don't. Well, I <laughs> I actually have a case with a lanyard on it, because when I'm out on a site and I want to take some photos, I'm so worried about dropping my phone, even though it's in a case. I've got a thing that 
attaches my phone around my neck, so I won't drop it. But if you got a phone, I mean, that's the only th- accessory I got for my phone. So there's a split. The future for photography gear is in two halves for me. Easy for me to say. One is stuff that people with cameras need, and the other is the limited number of things that you can add to a phone. And there aren't that many, because you've got the physical constraints of the size of the phone, haven't you? And this is another differentiator for me. I'm blimey, (laughs) I'm impressed I said that. It's another limitation of the phone. But this is me talking as a camera user who also takes photos of the phone and not the other way around. It depends where you are on this, um, this debate, how you view it. And if you've only ever taken photos with a phone, do you need a large tripod? Well, no, you don't, do you? You just need a little lightweight thing that you can plonk your phone on. I've got one of them. I'm using one now to record myself recording myself. I know, I never said I was normal. Again, there's a transition to be managed, but these accessories that we photographers use help us to get photos that we cannot get without them. So if you apply that logic to phones, you're getting photos with a camera that you can't get with a phone because you haven't got these accessories that help. Image quality. Cameras have larger sensors than phones, and that'll probably always be the case. Camera sensors improve year on year, but thankfully we seem to have settled down on the megapixel race. But better sensors give higher image quality. I'm glad I said that the second time, because the first time I didn't manage to read what was in front of me. And with the advances in technology, they give photographers more options for taking better photos. But we mustn't forget, image quality in phones is quite frankly amazing. More than happy to agree with that. I mean, we we expect it these days, but I can't get the photos that I need to with my phone. I just can't. Yeah, sure, the quality is nearly there. It's just the focal lens that I use and the image capture techniques that are lacking in my phone. Now, I'm sure I could get away with giving a client the odd photo taken with my phone in the right conditions with the right light and all that good stuff, but haven't done it so far. I have never issued a photo to a client taken with me phone. Fact. But there's one thing about image quality and, and the future. And it's, it's, this, it's this thing called good enough. How good do photos need to be? Do we need high quality professional photos? Yes, I'm using air quotes here. Although I actually wasn't for the video. <laughs> It depends. Good enough now can be photos taken with a phone. And if photos taken with a phone can be good enough now, then they will be more so in the future as phones and the tech within them develops. And in the future, well, the entry level has changed. Long gone are the days when to make money from photography you needed pro gear. These days, consumer cameras and phones create much higher quality photos. And also, pro cameras are probably more accessible now than they have ever have been. Add to that advances in processing tech, and yet, the gap is closing all the time. And again, this trend is going to continue. Video. Well, video is getting more and more popular. YouTube and all that other, all those other channels. People spend all day watching YouTube these days. I'm of an age where I don't, because YouTube's thing I post videos to, and I don't really watch anything on YouTube, but that's because I'm quite old. Now, video, I could do without it, to be honest with you, but the world has gone video mad and it is the future. So the future of photography is stills and moving images. Only question here is, is the future moving images rather than stills? I think it probably will be at some point. And that did raise a question which caused me to do a little bit of research, only a little bit, don't worry. Should we even call it video? (laughs) I wrote on my script here, which I've very carefully gone through 58 times. Should we even call it video that anymore? 
<laughs> Should we even call it video anymore? Well, as my research helped me to discover, video actually comes from the Latin word videre, which means to see. That's V-I-D-E-R-E. So we're all fine there, and yep, pat on the back, Rick, good research. So video is now in the future, so to be anything in photography, at some point you will need to do video. And make sure you work on the audio too, because that's very important and can really detract from a video if you've got poor audio. And you need to learn how to edit video. Yes, Rick, you need to learn how to edit video. I don't know how to edit video. Obviously, I don't know how to edit video. Sorry, the quiet words then were me talking to my camera, just confirming the fact I don't need know how to edit video. Okay, a few other things. 3D VR immersive. Well, these are surely the future, but um, I'm not sure what's happened to them. I've not dabbled with them myself, but I did back in the day a few years ago now, probably five, six, seven years ago. I got approved by Google to do those 3D walkthroughs. I was a Google trusted photographer. You know the ones, uh, Google Street View, and then you get to the building and then you can go inside the building. It's a nightmare to work out and, and, and the gear was, it, it was complicated and I managed to pass the assessment, which was a minor miracle. But that was some years ago and I don't remember seeing it recently and I, I, never, I never made any money from it. I spent a load of time on it and bought a load of gear, but I never, I never got into the, the making money from it bit. So yeah, 3D walkthroughs, I mean, they're there, but they're not as much as I thought and same for VR. I was expecting by now VR would be massive, but I don't see it has taken off as much as I was expecting. Not sure why, and I'm sure it will do, but don't know why not yet. And as to, to me creating that kind of stuff, well, not not for me really. I mean, if I don't like video, I'm not going to do VR, am I? No, I see, a, <laughs> I see a 2D future for me. That'll probably do me. 3D, 4D, far too confusing. Oh, by the way, I'm recording this on a Monday plane just gone over but you didn't hear it because it wasn't the noisy plane and the gardeners aren't in either so um things are looking good here oh i wish i hadn't said that okay the demand for pressure <laughs> i knew that after i just jinxed myself didn't i with a difficult word professional i'll try that again the demand for professional photos well unfortunately i see the demand for professional photographers and professional photos only going one way and that's down Phones, tech and software, they're advancing at such a pace that you can get excellent photos with phones and obviously it's only going one way. And let's not forget, people growing up with phones, they're used to taking photos with phones and they're used to looking at photos taken with phones and every year there are more and more people with this view and every year there are more and more technological advances. Sure, phones don't take photos that are as good as those taken with pro gear. Yeah, and that's true that, I don't care what you say, it's true. And pro photographers can take better photos than others. And I, I say can there, not necessarily do. If you've got pro gear and you are trained in photography, you have the ability to take better photos than somebody who doesn't have pro gear and isn't professionally trained. That doesn't mean you guarantee to, but in general terms. There you go, I said it. I'm happy to commit to that, but I will say this again. Unfortunately... <laughs> Photos taken by non-professional photographers using phones are, in a lot of cases, good enough. So the question here is about future demand for higher quality images as the gap closes. Demand photography is not the issue. Demand for higher quality pro photography is. And that's photography and images that you have to pay for rather than just doing yourself. And that is the problem for us photographers, dear listener. 
So we have to adapt to the now. We can't hide behind what we've always been doing. That's not the future. That is the past. So who wants the photos? Well, this relates directly to the, to the demand. <laughs> this did, I'll try that again. I'm not editing that one out. This relates directly to the demand for professional photos. Who wants the photos? For what purpose? To what end? You see, so much stuff is viewed online these days. We're all used to looking at photos on smaller devices, and I don't see that changing. In fact, I see the gradual reduction in the number of home computers as mobile devices become more popular and more practical, with apps giving us new ways to do things. Apps on phones are so clever that things that you used to do on a PC online, you do on on an app, and they're much easier because they've been like redesigned fresh from the ground up. So apps are taking over, and, and yes, it's a good thing, of course it is. But in terms of photography, more photos, yes but they're viewed on smaller devices. Okay, making money from photography. Well, I take photos of buildings for clients. I also make money in other ways with my photography, but I've diversified into online content creation and podcasting. I mean, it's all about photography, but massive diversification there from just taking photos and being paid for it. And I think that in the future, making money from photography is going to become more difficult But at the same time, there will be more ways of making money from photography than there were in the past, as in when I was a whippersnapper. Yeah, you used to basically be paid to take photos or sell your photos. Those are the ways that you made money from photography. The world has changed, obviously, in my lifetime. So the key to making money from photography in the future will require us all to adapt to what is relevant at the time. We cannot continue just doing what we've always done or we will get left behind. And that's a fact, it's just a case of when. The pace of technology and developments is quite scary. Okay, processing. Well, again, advances in tech mean that image processing gets easier, but AI and automation do come at a cost. I use automations to save me time, this is in Lightroom, by automatically doing the things that I do all the time. I apply some automation to every single client image, and some of this automation is in the processing of images, but for me... This is just the start of the processing. I apply develop preset stuff to all my images, but these are presets created by me for the work that I've done. I have different sets of presets for different situations and for different cameras, but I then individually edit each and every photo that I issue to a client without exception. So I use automation just to give me a starting point, which is better than the raw file, because raw photos look rubbish until you do something to them. Automation, it can save time, but full automation removes the skill, creativity, the unique way that you and I see things. And AI applies learning as decided by someone else and not you or I. So fully automated image processing is here now, of course it is, and many people use it and accept it. But this does not, in my opinion, and never will, replace editing of photos by specialists in the field, by us mere humans. So yes, advances in processing help, but we set ourselves apart by what we as photographers, experts in our field, what we do to the photos that we create. AI, well yeah, artificial intelligence, mentioned that briefly. That is for sure the future, but whose future? I use Luminar and its AI sky replacement tool. No masking required. It's learnt the bits of the photo which are sky and which bits are not sky. It's amazing. Very, very intelligent. And that is, of course, just the beginning. In fact, AI and photography is a subject that I need to cover in a future episode, so I've added, I've added it to my list. 
It's epi- I've just, <laughs> just hit the microphone again. I think I was getting a bit excited. Not, I'm not, not that excited about doing AI in photography because I know nothing about it. It's episode 143, as long as nothing else pops into my head in the meantime that's easier to do than artificial intelligence in photography. That is. More on that in episode 143, maybe. Retro. Well, retro is the future. What? Yes, retro is back and will only get bigger. There is a demand for the old days, a demand for the past. But where will that sit in the modern world? Well, it's another one I'm going to look at and cover in a future episode. I can't cover it here, I've got nowhere near enough time. And it's um, it's a funny one, this. All I know about retro stuff that people rave about is that I was there for some of that good stuff. I, I was there in the film days, way before digital. So it's not retro for me, it's, it's what I used to do. So let me... <laughs> So let me go back in time to see what's current today. <laughs> it's a bizarre thought, isn't it? Retro's the future, but in some ways it is, and, and, and I get why. I'm going to spend some time on that, and I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be like a walk in the past for me. Finally, my one last point, and the most significant point of the lot of them. You. You are the future of photography. I say the most important bit until the end. You, yes, you. You can be part of the future of photography. So how do you do this? Well. By learning, practicing, creating your own unique way and creating photos that only you can create because there's only one you and there's only your way of looking at life. Okay, that is the real future of photography by being you and putting you into your photos. Right, talk a bit over. Time for a new bit. What if I only use a phone? Each episode, I'm going to apply this question to whatever I've been talking about. So, what is the future of photography if you just use a phone? Well, phones are a very big part of the future of photography, of course they are. But for all you phone photographers out there, whilst there is a lot of photography photography <laughs> whilst there is a lot of photography stuff that you do not need to worry about, there are lots of things out there that can help you to take better photos, and you find these by embracing photography in its broadest sense. It doesn't matter what you use to take photos. A great photo is a great photo, whatever it was taken with. And a rubbish photo is a rubbish photo just the same. Having a great camera does not guarantee you great photos, neither does having the latest shiny phone. So what photography stuff do you need to know about if you take photos with your phone? Well, if you take photos with your phone and that's all you've ever known, there's a load of things you won't know. Not your fault. Why would you? But this is definitely an episode all of its own, which I'm going to cover in episode 142, which is cunningly titled, wait for it, I take photos of my phone, what photography stuff do I need to know? There you go, that's that one covered nicely. Another little thing on on the future of photography, and check out this podcast I found. When I was researching this episode, which which wasn't a great deal to be fair, because I'm quite on top of all this good stuff, But I did come across a podcast called The Future of Photography, would you believe? Yep, someone got there before me. Check it out at thefutureofphotography.com. And when I say got there before me, they're on episode 232 at the time of writing this. How have I missed this? Okay, finally, some thoughts from the last episode, changes to my podcast and how did we get started in photography today? Well, it it was the bit about photography, not about my podcast, don't worry. Yeah, this episode, it's quite a biggie for me. I'd not thought before that most people getting in photography nowadays do so using the phones, meaning there is a, there's a whole heap of photography stuff that passes them by. And yep, yeah, I've mentioned this, and I'm going to cover this lot in episode 142. 
The only question is, why didn't I think of this before? I mean, it's such a fundamental thing. And it's another good reason why a longer fortnightly episode works much better for me, because I can actually cover this stuff. Getting started in photography for the majority of folk is with the phone. And we need to remember that. And we need to educate people in the things that you might not come across. I mean, you don't have to. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, my take on this is, if people are taking photos, that's a good thing, regardless of what with. Okay, what do I do? Well, in the context of the future of photography, I'm going to be telling people who take photos with the phones what else there is in this wonderful world of photography that they might not know, might never come across. And as for me, well, I still need a camera, which I will mention in the next episode, and I need to be on top of current and future tech, so some work for me to do there. But I still take photos which I give to clients with my Canon 6D and not with my phone. That need remains. Buildings get built and people need photographs of them. Buildings get sold and need photos to help them to be marketed. So yeah, my camera isn't cutting edge, is it? My camera doesn't reflect the future of photography, but it's still a great camera and it works for me. And I love taking photos with my camera and equally, I hate taking photos with my phone. So the question for me is, will this demand ever go? Will there come a time when clients can create photos with the phones which are good enough for their needs? Probably. I can't get the photos I need to with my phone at the moment. I need my camera and lens and the techniques that I use to take photos and to process them. Next episode, episode 141. Do I really need a camera in 2022? Or will my phone do instead? Now, I answered this question way back in episode 5 which I published in October 2020. So a good two years on, it'll be great to revisit what is after all. It's a pretty much a fundamental question about photography, isn't it? And I know I've covered some aspects of this, but I just want to, I want to pick this one on its own and, and give it and do justice to the question. Talking of future episodes, well, my survey is still out there. My Photography Explained podcast survey Still on the podcast website, just a few questions that should take less than a minute to answer, if you're quick enough. (laughs) Just head over to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash survey. And of course, if you've got a photography question you want me to answer in plain English in less than 10 minutes. Oh, okay, less than 30 minutes-ish. I'll come up with something snappier one day. Without the relevant details, of course, well, just head over to the Photography Explained Codpast. That's the photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. (laughs) That was horrendous, wasn't it? This episode was brought to you by, um, well, just the one, ham, tomato, mustard and mayo wholemeal roll, which I consume before sitting down in my homemade acoustically cushioned recording emporium. I'm going to have the other two now and recover after this marathon recording session. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast, it says here, and for giving me between 20 and 30-ish minutes of your valuable time. There you go. I've stopped saying 10-ish minutes finally. Take care. Stay safe. Cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, Straight Talking Advice for Beginners to Get You Making Money Quickly and Build a Career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.